Elise DeLucci Show. I am your host, Elise. Welcome to my living room on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Episode 17, baby. Ooh, nearing towards 20. Okay, so the other day I was in the doctor's office and I'm filling out the the form. I'm filling out the porn. No, I'm filling out the Freudian slip. Uh, I'm filling out the form in the lobby and there were seven um, boxes when it got down to the gender section of the form. So we're talking about that. Also, hookup culture, why a guy is so non-committal, a holiday recipe, pignoli cookies, my favorite, an Italian delight around the holidays. So, take a sip of your drink, relax, and talk to me, Elise. Back to the day. This is not going to surprise you. It didn't surprise me. The same area of our brain becomes activated when we experience rejection as when we experience physical pain. So basically, you know, when you're rejected, whether in a relationship or say you didn't get the promotion that you prepared for and that hurts so bad and you're like, it physically hurts. Well, of course it does because it's the same part of your brain that, 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 that is hurting as if you fell off your bike, you know, and, and, and scraped your knee. This shouldn't, this shouldn't surprise us though, right? Like, you know, people get out of relationships or I shouldn't say they get out. People, people have people break up with them and it's torture and it, they say, oh, my heart is broken. Oh, I have such heartache. No, you're literally in pain. So that's the fact. Even the small rejections, like I said, they hurt. They hurt more than we think that they should because they literally elicit the same exact pain as if it's a physical pain. That's the fact. So how was your week? Was it good? Your weekend was good? My weekend was okay. You know, my kids were here. We had a lot of play dates, so that was fun. We went... Um, I took them out to a couple of restaurants in the city. You know, I don't usually take my kids to restaurants, but, you know, I mean, everybody's so cooped up, and I just thought, nice special treat, outdoor dining. They have the uh, heaters there, so fine. Listen to this. You're going to die. So I I took them to a place called Numero 28. It's a Neapolitan pizza place. It's a chain around Manhattan. You know, it's like the sort of brick oven pizza. You can't order a slice. You can only order a pie, right? So this this is how, this is how, how, how bad the restaurant industry is in Manhattan right now. So I'm, I'm at the restaurant with my girlfriend. She has a daughter. I'm with my two daughters. I order a pizza. I order a small. They bring me a medium. The guy says to me when he brings the pizza, no, no, ma'am, you ordered a medium. I said, no, I ordered a small. He said, no, you ordered a medium. I said, listen, it's for three tiny kids, this pizza. I wouldn't have ordered a medium. Anyway, he's insisting I order the medium. So what am I going to do, fight with the guy? He's like, I'll take it away. It's like, no, you're just going to throw it out. Well, guess what? That medium pizza was a lot more, okay, than the small pizza. I felt at first he was doing that on purpose, but then, of course, I'm thinking I'm psychotic at this point until I looked at the bill, and the bill came, and and not only did they have gratuity included, fine, some restaurants do that, they had a recovery charge, a recovery charge, 10% extra on the bill. 10% 10% extra. This recovery charge, like the law was passed in New York, I think it was in September, that if you're a restaurant, due to COVID, due to the pandemic, you can try to recoup some 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 of the losses that you've incurred by this recovery charge. So by law, a restaurant is able to put an extra 10% charge on the bill. No questions asked. So here I am. I order... A small pizza, the medium comes for more money. I, I, I have to pay whatever gratuity they insist on me paying because it's a pre, you know, pre-done on the check. And now a recovery charge. I, I paid like $40, $30, $40 extra on this bill. I mean, can you imagine? And then, by the way, I took them to the diner and the same damn thing with the recovery charge. 
I mean, really? What if, what if, what if you're a family in Manhattan like me? Come on. I mean, look, you know, it's, it, listen, my boyfriend's a business owner. Okay. So he, in the city, so he, he really is feeling all this stuff. And I, of course, I'm feeling it as well as his girlfriend, but, and it's terrible. This is, ter- it's terrible for the restaurants it, you know, any, any, any of those kind of service businesses. Even the retail businesses. But what do you do? You pass the cost on to the consumer. Well, not all the consumers are working or making the same sort of money as they did. Or I don't know. Maybe people are budgeting. Well, you know, it's depressing. Anyway. Okay. So holiday recipe. I said all of the podcasts from now until the end of the year, until the holiday season's over, I'm going to do a recipe. So today I'm, I'm going to tell you about a recipe that I love, pignoli cookies. Do you know them? Pignoli cookies. They're pine nut round sort of golden color cookies they're italian um they're they're delicious they're sort of like uh, you know like hard ish on the outside so soft and delectable on the inside and the top they're studded with pine nuts what we call pignolis anyway so these are the like when i type these are the easiest cookies to make because it's only a few ingredients and it, you, you don't have to do anything ridiculous. You just make them and you're done. Everyone likes these cookies. Well, you know what I should say? If you like almond paste. So the cookie, they're made with almond paste, egg whites, the pignolis. The cookie, like I said, soft and chewy on the inside, moist underneath these pine nuts. And, you know, the reason why Italian people make these cookies around the holiday is just, to be quite honest, is that the almond paste and pine nuts, those, those are expensive ingredients. So a lot of Italian people just make them around the holidays. So, okay, this is how you make them. You need eight ounces. Here's the recipe. So if you want to write it down, eight ounces of almond paste. Now, let me just say, I I like this one brand of almond paste. It's called um, Solo. It's, it's a little rectangular box. That's the brand that I like. But there's other brands. They sell it in tubes right in the baking aisle. So the, here's the recipe. Eight ounces of almond paste, eight ounces of sugar, so like a one cup and two tablespoons, two egg whites, room temperature preferred, if not, no big deal, and two cups of pignoli nuts, okay? This is all we're going to do. Preheat the oven to 350. In a, in a shallow dish, whatever you have, a baking dish, a regular plate, pour the pine nuts in the plate, right? And now in a, in a baking tray, a couple of baking trays, line those baking trays with parchment paper if you have them. If you don't have them, you might want to grease it up with a little butter or something. Take your stand mixer or a hand mixer, whatever, a bowl and a mixer, whatever you got. And all you're going to do is you're going to mix the almond paste and the sugar together so it looks like a coarse sand. You want the sugar and the almond paste to come together to like a sand kind of texture, a coarse sand. Once it does that, you're going to add in the egg whites and you're going to continue to mix it until it all comes together. And then... All you're going to do is you're going to take a little spoon or your hands. I use my hands, clean hands. And you take about a quarter of an inch of little dough, right? Roll it in a little ball. Roll it then onto the pignoli nut. So just roll that little ball of dough right onto the plate. And then put the cookie on the grease sheet pan or on the pan with the parchment paper. And that's it. Bake it for 20 minutes. You're done. When they come out of the oven, you got to let them sit for a little bit to cool. But the cookies, these cookies, they'll last for like a week and a half, sometimes even two weeks. I mean, you know, take a little bite if you're leaving them for two weeks. But they're so good. They're so good. A lot of people have uh, recipes for pignoli cookies. I've tried a lot of different recipes. This is the one that I like the best. And you know what? It's just easy. It's just easy. If you want, by the way, you could put a little powdered sugar on them. I don't because, you know, it's just more fuss. But 
they are delish, delish. Anyway, I, if you make them, let me know. And and by the way, if you have any holiday cookie recipes, oh my god, send me the recipe on Instagram or on um, TikTok. I love, I love, love, love making other people's recipes. I think I might have said that on another podcast. Anyway, okay, why? Is it me or are you noticing that everybody is so non-committal these days? Like, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not I'm not necessarily talking. I mean, well, listen, people are non-committal with plans, I feel like, since the dawn of time. You know, it's like you make a plan and then are people really, are you all really going to get together? Like, who the fuck knows, right? But I'm not necessarily talking about plans or planning a vacation or should you buy the green turtleneck or the blue one. I'm talking about the dating. It's ridiculous. It, I sometimes pick non-committal men. I, you know what? I don't know. Probably because I have some issues. Pro- probably because I have some deep-rooted, deep-seated child issues. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> but, but it's not. This is not just me thinking that I, my my invisible antennas are up for non-committal men. No, this is my fr- all my friends that date on the apps or if they meet a guy at the bar. This is they all say the same thing. What the fuck? Nobody wants a girlfriend. No, nobody. Nobody wants a boyfriend. Everybody's so non-committal, and it's because. We live in this hookup culture. We were just talking about this. All everybody wants to do is hook up. They want to, they're, they're committed to being non-committal. How ridiculous is that? I mean, you know, so one of my older friends, she's like, Elise, what's hookup culture? And I'm like, hookup culture. And if, I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, you know what hookup culture is, right? It's like, you know, shacking up. You do it literally. You're doing something sexual and then you're like, bye, Daniel. See you never. That's what it is. It's li- literally like the, I told it. Hookup, it's like just some form of in- intimacy. The hookup is brief. It can be a couple of minute hookup. So you remember Seven Minutes in Heaven? Remember that game? Anyway, I was never in the closet with anybody. I was such a nerd. <laughs> but you know, the hookup it could be from a few minutes. It could be it could be a sev- several hours. It could be a one night stand. But the second it's over, it's like the guy disappears or the girl. It's literally I said that. It's literally just a physical thing. No one does anything to connect emotionally or, God forbid, gasp, get attached. No, God forbid you got attached. That would be that would be the opposite of hookup culture. But so here's the thing. I'm just thinking, so why are we so, why is everybody, why are we so noncommittal? But really the guys, like, why are these guys so noncommittal? This is what my thoughts on it. They either, one, have too many options, and two, a feel of, fear of failure or hurt. I mean, don't you agree with that? Right? But yet... So, okay, let's talk about the options for a second. Think about this. If we're dating 20 years ago, where are your options coming from, guy? Okay? You go you go into the bar. You go into the club. You, you're hoping that maybe there's a cute girl or guy at your, in your office or your, or your friend has some cute friends, right? Or maybe set, set you up on a blind date. Those are your options. But now, oh, forget it. Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, which... By the way, Bumble, a.k.a. Crumble, okay? Hinge, a.k.a. Cringe. I can't, I can't. But it's like all these guys, they have they have, they have, have a smorgasbord of apps right in front of them. They literally get unlimited access to potential sutresses. And us too. I mean, listen, us too. But if you're in Manhattan and you're using the apps, it's literally, um, it's like one guy to every four girls. So it's like a shock tank around here is what I'm trying to tell you. But so, but right, so if there's endless options, how does anybody just pick one? And this is the problem. And, and you know, and then the other thing is like this FOMO, right? So there's too many options and then there's FOMO, the fear of missing out. It's like, so say, say you meet Suzanne on, on Tinder, say, 
And you like Suzanne. You're going out on a couple of dates. But, you know, you still have, maybe you, maybe you hid your Tinder profile for a little bit. Maybe you still have a couple of apps going. Or maybe you're a decent guy and you closed all of them, right? Well, guess what? All of a sudden, maybe if you have a little argument with Suzanne, or whatever, you start sweating. You start thinking about, oh, my God, there could be other girls out there. Is this the real one that I'm choosing? Is this the one I'm settling on? There, 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 there's, there's plethora of women per app at my disposal. Disposal, no, the word. Disgusting, right? Right. So why? Why? Guys, I mean, you know, guys guys already are like, you know, not the most emotional, right? They don't really want to be attached all the time. I accept, except if you find one ripe. <laughs> My grandmother used to say, um, you got to find a guy ripe for the picking. That's true. If you find one ripe for the picking, and I have to say, and girl, because I don't, you know, I'm trying to be PC here, but it's like, if you find somebody right, then that, they're at the right time, the right place, they have all the right things going, then you're in luck, baby. But that's like winning the lotto. But it's like, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the odds of that happening is just slim to none. So it's like if, if all of a sudden Suzanne seems lovely to you and then you're thinking about all the other people that you could possibly hook up with and are we settling, are we settling for Suzanne when we could have a constant stream of other broads? You know, it's like what? Like if you're a guy, right? Why would you just settle for oatmeal every day when you can have oatmeal, eggs, waffles, Belgian waffle, pancakes, ooh, a turkey club for breakfast. It's, it, it's, it's the buffet of women. Oh, it makes me crazy. And, you know, I mean, listen, we're us women. We are also at fault of that. Sometimes it's nice just to keep the door ajar a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But the thing about options is if, if you're always thinking that there's other options, this is my take on it. I said to my friend, if you're always thinking that there's other options, how are you ever really giving yourself to somebody like 100%? Because you can't really invest yourself, right? Like how can you really invest yourself in one other person if you are always thinking about what else there could be out there? I mean, I think that like real good solid relationships it's like you're just completely committed and you're completely giving yourself to to the other person and that's not saying that you're, you're all in all the time because you know obviously relationships fail and all that but I don't know I just think this whole uh too many options is one of the reasons why people are so damn non-committal and the other reason let me take a sip of water hold on okay I'm back the other reason is I think the fear of failure or the fear of getting hurt like okay some people hate to fail. I'm not one of them. Hear me out on this. I'm not one of them. I, just, I really can't relate to this. A lot of my girlfriends are like, yeah, I, the thought of getting out of another relationship kills me or the thought of getting hurt again kills me. You know what? I don't give a shit. I really don't. I, I, well, I should say, I'm not like made of steel over here. I mean, of course, I don't want to get hurt again, but I don't hate to fail. I really don't. I just keep... I think that's... Pro I probably have some like repetition disorder. I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I'm just like... You know what? I'm just going to throw myself to the wolves. I'm going to throw myself right into the man wolves. And you know what? Eh, I'll survive. That's really how I feel. I really, really do. So I don't, I can't relate to this feel of failure or getting hurt, but I think that that's one of the reasons. That's the other my other sort of thought on why everything is so noncommittal. Like, and you know, there's that expression. What's the expression? It's a, you know that one. You know it. It's like we miss, oh, that's it. We miss 100% of the shots we don't take. So, you know, it's like for all of you people out there, right, including my girlfriends listening, like if you if you are scared to fail, if you're scared of getting hurt, 
you're never going to even know if you don't try. Like, it, like, okay, failure is always possible, but you need to try. If you don't, like, no risk, no reward. If you don't try, you're never going to win or fail. So, I don't know. I, I, I just can't deal with the, I'm always having one toe out, you know? Like, I, literally, it, you, you have the fear of commitment is crippling, okay? I think it stems from trust issues, obviously, if your spouse cheated on you, um, if you obviously got really hurt before, and it hurts so bad. I mean, and nobody wants to obviously re-experience that. But you know what? You got to do it. You got to do it. That, that's my message to the men. There's no men listening to this. Maybe there are. I think actually I know there's a few men that listen. But you know what? Listen. Stop being so goddamn noncommittal, okay? If you meet a girl, just give her a freaking chance. You know, like, okay, I have a boyfriend right now. Let me tell you something. When I met him, and well, I shouldn't say when I first met him. I should say when after we met and we went out, you know, a few times, right? Like, I was going out with other people. He was going out with other people. And then I was just thinking, you know, like, it would be nice maybe to, like, try a relationship again, you know, whatever. You know, and he's like, no, I need to date other people. And I'm like, Why? What, why do you need to? Tell me why. And, and, and lo and behold, now, now he's my boyfriend and I'm his girlfriend. Because you want to know what? It's like, I said to him, guy, we got the same values. We want the same things. We, we agree on everything. we from the same culture. We laugh. We have a good time. Get over yourself. What are you looking for out there? Right? So, and besides, he's older than me. So, like, what, what are you really... <laughs> What are you really doing out there? I would say his name, but he would faint, so I could never do that. Anyway, okay. So, I was at an appointment the other day, right? So, I'm at the appointment. You know, they hand you one of these forms, right? Um, it was on an iPad. And, uh, you know, they're like, oh, fill out the form. First of all, the form is fucking thousand pages. Like, I, really? I don't even I don't even read ebooks for this reason because my finger gets tired of swiping. But I, But I have to fill out the form. So, you know, it's like name, address, you know, whatever, date of birth, blah, blah. And then, it, you know, it says sex. So I check female. Although when I was younger, I used to go to the gay clubs. Hi, James. People used to think that I was like a man in drag. I don't know why, but <laughs> because the bigger the hair, the closer to God, at least that's why. But no, so I fill out the sex and then it says genders. And there's seven genders, seven boxes. Like, and I could check one of the boxes. Or I could, guess I could check two. And so I said to the woman, you know, like, I, I said, you know, oh, I just filled out. And it wouldn't let me go past this thing, right? So I was like, I just filled out, uh, you know, sex, female. But, you know, it's like seven genders. Like, I don't, I don't really know what these are. And the girl at the desk is like, ma'am, what's your gender expression? And I'm just like, huh? And she's like, your gender expression is about how... You act and present yourself to the world. Like, you're wearing a skirt. You have lipstick on. So what does that mean? And I'm like, uh, I'm a girl. You know, like, I I, 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 gen I, never heard that before. I never heard, I never went to an appointment or, you know, I don't know, how to fill something out and somebody asked me what my gender expression was. So I, right, so here's the thing. There's nothing funny about this to me. This is, I am merely sharing this story. Here's the deal. If you want to talk about me specifically, I mean, and through my life, I'm a confused girl. Okay, I've always been confused. I mean, one day I have feminine energy, right? And I want to be fawned on and sit on a pedestal. And the next day I'm thinking I want to be a CEO and I have all this masculine energy. Like, so 
you know, if I'm really going to get into the weeds of this gen- gender thing, I mean, it's even confusing to me. So, so them, I want to tell you what the genders were. I, I wrote them down. And then, of course, I had to look them all up because I didn't want to be uneducated. So if you're like me and you go to an appointment or somebody asks you what your gender is and there's a thousand boxes, this is what you might see. So, okay, transgender, two-spirit, cisgender, non-binary, gender queer, gender fluid, and gender neutral. This is a lot of genders. This is a lot. This is a lot of bacon here. Okay, <laughs> so I let me tell you what they are. Okay, we're blowing through this. Okay, transgender. I I think we all know what that is, right? Like you know, if you assign something at birth, and obviously you feel that you're really something else. Transgender, two spirit. This I actually could relate to two spirit. It it means a person who walks between two genders, so they carry both like male and female energy, like you know, or they feel like maybe they could be both at some times. So they they consider themselves two-spirit genders. I get that. I totally get that. Cisgender, is a, it's the term when somebody used to describe what the gender it was at birth. So, for example, if you're a girl and you have a vagina, then you are a female and that's cisgender. Okay? So, that's pretty easy. Non-binary, I feel like you might know what this is too. Non-binary, a person that doesn't identify as a man or a woman or solely a man or a woman. So it's kind of like anybody that exists outside of man and woman. So, you know, I mean, if you feel like both, or maybe, you know, you were born both. I shouldn't say feel like both. I, I, I think it's if you were born both. That's that. Gender queer. So someone might identify as gender queer if their gender identity isn't male or female. So it's some combo of genders. I really don't actually understand that one, to be honest. Like, if you're, like, I don't, like, if your gender identity is not male or female and it's beyond the genders, like, and, or it's a combination, like, I, I don't know what that is. So I, that's, I'm confused on that one. And if you know, let me know. And then the two more, gender fluid and gender neutral. Gender fluid is basically, that means that, you know, it's fluid. You gender, the gender fluidity, I guess you could say. Like, it's like your gender changes over time. So, you know, maybe, maybe like in the earlier part of your life, like you were a tomboy, you felt like you were maybe, maybe a guy, a man, a boy. And then as you got older, you know, you felt like you, you know, you just changed into your, your female body. I'm talking about obviously if you were born with female body parts, so gender fluid. And then gender neutral is, is somebody that feels that they're not man or woman and they just identify as gender neutral. I don't understand the difference between gender queer and gender neutral. So if you, if you know this, tell me, like, here's the thing. If you're gender neutral, if you don't feel male or female and you identify as gender neutral, fine. But how is that different from gender queer, which is somebody that, you know, they're, they're saying their gender identity is not male or female and it's beyond the two or combos. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm just going to cut to the chase. That's all I have to say about the issue. I wanted to let you guys know I was confused at the doctor's office and I had to pick one of these, and I think I picked, like, two-spirit, and I think I picked, like, cisgender. Is that the one, where, you know, or when you're born with the parts? And so, and you know what? And after that, I didn't want to fill out the fucking other 999 pages of form, okay? Because, you know what? Listen, listen, guys. I got two daughters, okay? And sometimes when I'm crazy around the house, cooking, I'm cl- whatever I'm doing, I'm calling my daughters by different names. I can't even remember their names. Now I'm supposed to keep track of seven genders? 
and gender profiles and which one I'm feeling at all times. Ah, I'm verklempt. I, I, I'm exhausted. I'm so exhausted. I'm hungry. You know, can you relate to that? Anyway, mm. you know, look, <clears throat> it was a really good show on um, TLC a few years ago. Did you watch it? It was like called My Name is Jazzy or something. And it was about a family in Florida. And it was, they had a little boy and he, you know, he was born, born with boy body parts and he just felt like he was a girl. And it was very interesting to watch. I watched, I watched the whole thing. You maybe could watch on YouTube or something. And you obviously could read about this all over the place, but it's hard to wrap your head around for me, at least, you know, I think if you're younger, if you're one of the younger listeners, you're probably like, yeah, at least what the fuck is your problem? Like, this is normal. And I know it's normal, but when I was growing up, these, these terms didn't exist. So, you know, I feel a little bit like, um, my grandma learning the internet, but what, you know, but the internet makes sense. And once you learn it, you feel great. So, you know, it's that thing. Okay. So I do a product, you know, this, I, I want to tell you something I found, I feel like, <laughs> do I say this all the time? How I, I, I found the best of everything. No, like this is the best. Not every product I think is the absolute best, but this, this one is really good. I love nightgowns. I've talked about this on TikTok before. I love house dresses, all that kind of stuff. I cannot stand coming home and keeping my jeans on, outside jeans on the couch, please. Ugh. Or like, I just, I need my bra off. I mean, I'm sure you're the same. I need the bra off. I need everything off. I usually even like to shower and then I like to put on my house dress or my nightgown. So I found the best house clothes slash nightgown on Amazon. I cannot pronounce the brand. So I'm going to spell it for you. It's like, well, I should say, I think it's something like a cower or something. This is how you spell E K O U. A-E-R, okay? E-K-O-U-A-E-R. I call it a cower. I don't even think I'm saying it right. I don't I probably didn't even take the time to pronounce it properly. But basically, it's um the one that I like, I have a, in a couple colors. It's a, let me read you the thing. A cower, women's um, sleepwear, full slip lace nightgown cotton jersey lingerie. I, I mean, really, Amazon? I'm saying this all the time. The product name's got to go. But here's the thing. This nightgown is so soft. It's like that modal fabric, you know, like in Target. Like I, you know, that those um stars above line that they have that sort of replaced that uh, Jillian O'Malley. So it's like soft like that, that modal soft fabric. It's cotton. It's stretchy. I think there might be a little polyester or something, but it's not like sweaty polyester because I would tell you if it was. So for $24.99, this is the nightgown. And I actually think that that's probably pricey for a nightgown, considering I could go into TJ Maxx and buy one for $12.99. But the thing is, is that this is like butter on the skin. So I justify the expense. But let me tell you, these run a little big. So I would normally buy a medium or even a large, but I actually buy a small in this brand. So I, it's, I get a small, this specific one that I like, it's a little above the knee. It has a V-neck, like a, like a little bit of a V-neck, not like a hook of V-neck. Okay, a little V-neck. It has lace trim. It's so soft. And it, it, it's, it's, it's like a little, you know, it's a little sexy. And I guess it's a little sexy. It's, you know, it's flowy, but it's nice. And you know, what I like about it, it's not, it's not fitted. It's not fitted. So like the little V-neck and it kind of just like hangs down. I don't want to say it flares out, but it, maybe an A-line. I don't know. But it's. It's very flattering. It's so comfortable. But the best thing about this brand, <clears throat> Ecower, or E-K-O-U-A-E-R, is that they have a ton of styles. So in the summer, they have long floor-length nightgowns, which I love, with like spaghetti straps. I get, I have a couple of those. They have three-quarter sleeve ones. They have the top and the bottom. So, But I like the floor-length ones in the summer, and I like these little shorties just year-round. 
I just love them. I think you should check it out. Okay. So every week I take questions from the audience and um, I answer them. So here is the question of this week. Elise, how did you get over your ex-husband? Did you let go of the good memories and move on? So I got this question last week on TikTok. <clears throat> Thank you to the woman who sent it to me. And I've got, I've, I got uh, you know, people have asked me this before. So here's the thing. I never got over my ex-husband. I mean, is that, that, I don't even know, is that normal? I don't think I'm ever going to get over my ex-husband. And, and in terms of like letting the good memories go and move on, no, I'm not letting the good memories go. Have I moved on? Yeah, I mean, uh, right? Like what else is there to do? Am I just get, like, you know, what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit home and say I didn't get over him and I'm going to hang on to the good memories and not move on? Like I'm going to move on. But I'm not going to let go of the good memories. Like the trick though is with that for me, or I should say the tricky thing for me, is that the, there were so many good goods and then there were so many bad bads and the good goods was so good. He was so good at like lots of different things, right? Um, and he's an awesome dad. So it's like those good memories are, 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 are permeated in my brain forever and ever till the day I die. However, I have to keep it in check that like not all guys are going to do things like he did them, the good things that he did, you know, and not all guys are going to do the shitty things he did, but I'm never going to let go of the good memories. I mean, I don't think about them every single day, you know, but I'm not, I'm not letting go of them. Um, I know I have, I was, I've known my ex-husband for so long when we were young, you know, so it's just not possible. And, you know, getting over him, look, I mean, the reality situation is, you know, we, we, we come from different worlds. Like I, like, you know, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but you know, I'm Italian, bo you know, born and raised in New York. Um, and you know, like I've traveled around and you know, whatnot, but, and, and he was, you know, he's from the UK and he was born in other places and traveled another place and, you know, traveled all over the world. And I thought, oh, that, oh, I've traveled around because I, I did, I, I used to live in Italy when I was in college for a little bit. So I just thought I've traveled around, I've seen things, you know, oh, this will be fine. But really we were from two different worlds. That wasn't the problem though. That wasn't the problem at all. It was just that foundationally, I'm sorry, I'm so thirsty. It's so terrible that I'm taking a sip of water on this podcast, but I'm dying of thirst over here. Anyway, it's like foundationally we had so many things that were, that were challenging, like, um, I don't know, like sometimes politics, religion, um, obviously just cultural things. Like I would celebrate holidays one way. He would celebrate things another way. I maybe celebrated something and he didn't, you know, or vice versa. And, you know, we worked through that for so many years. But once we had kids, it just got so hard. And then, you know, look, like I, I have my flaws. I'm not perfect. He is not perfect. He has his flaws and our personalities like just clash so much. And we would have the worst arguments, like the worst, like the worst arguments. And I couldn't, I literally couldn't deal with it. I, I, I just couldn't deal with it. So, um, I don't feel, sometimes I don't feel like I ever got over him. I feel like some, and sometimes I, I was defeated. I feel like that I just wasn't strong enough to like, just, keep plowing through. I mean, knowing that, okay, we're having these crazy, crazy arguments and that there's light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, you know, and look, there's other things that went on too, right? Like that, that were just so hard to deal with. Like we had different sex drives. I mean, that was like a big thing, right? And, um, 
it was just, it was just freaking hard, but I didn't, I didn't get over him. I love him. I will always love him. Even my boyfriend now, you know, when I talk about my ex, um, my boyfriend says, you always say such nice things about him, Elise. Like, I don't even know. Like what, what, like, why don't you stay with him? And I'm just like, I didn't stay with him for X, Y, and Z. And you know the reason why I didn't stay with him. Okay. But I say, I love him. He's the father of my children. He was wonderful to me for a lot of years. And sometimes things just don't work out. So I hope that that answered your question. I mean, if you want to, you know, you could always ask me a follow-up, but um, I didn't really get over him. And I don't think I'm ever going to get over him. And I think that if you are in a real loving, so like going back to that non-committal stuff, I think if you're in a real committal, loving, long relationship or marriage or you have kids and you had any good times, which I'm sure you have, you must have had at least a couple good times, right? Are you really ever going to get over that person? No. I think it's just like accepting the reality, maybe the, the defeat or whatever, and just trying to move on. So that is that is my answer to that. And I hope I hope that um, maybe that makes sense. Anyway, quote of the day by Winston Churchill. Ooh, a Brit. So, so apropos of talking about my ex-husband. <laughs> okay, here it is. We make a living by what we get and we make a life by what we give. That's so good. I love that. We make a living by what we get, obviously. If you get paid $50,000 a year, you know, that's, so, you know, you make a living by what you get. You get that amount of money. But we make a life by what we give. I think that's just such a nice thing. Because they say, you know, the more that you give, the more you get out of life and all that. And I love it. I think that quote's great for around Thanksgiving time. So, anyway, that's the end of our show. I felt like today was a little bit of a shorty, no? Episode 17. You sure to you. But thank you. Thank you for listening to the Elise DeLucci show as usual. Make sure you subscribe if you want on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Again, you can leave a review if you want. Follow me on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram. Check me out wherever. And I'm hoping that I'm going to have some details for shows anytime soon. Although Manhattan feels like it's just never opening. Anyway, talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Thank you.